Drive guys getting you ready for the Browns and the 49ers. Emil Fergoso going to join us in just a second. Before we get to Emil, Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, we were just talking about all these quarterbacks the Browns have had. Uh, P.J. Walker, Walker would be yeah. the 36th they've had since 1999 starting. And we were wondering, have any of them been any good? And I'm looking at a list here, Kyle. You know, right now, Deshaun Watson is 5-4. and four. Mm-hmm. And that's remarkably good compared to other really? quarterbacks. Really? How many are, of them have a, a 500 or above record? I can see Deshaun Watson and then Brian Hoyer, 10 and 6. Wow. And of all the other ones, I mean, you know, I got a whole list here. Maybe I'm missing a few. Uh, Derek Anderson, 16 and 18. Mm. Trent Dilfer, 4 and 7. Reco- uh, Jacoby Brissett, 4 and 7. Josh McCown, 1 and 10. It ain't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't pretty. Oh Doug Peterson one and seven. Jason Campbell one and seven. Johnny Manziel two and six. So what's PJ Walker going to have for the 49ers? Let's find out. Our 49er insider from SacktownSports.com can tell us. Emil Fergoso brought to you by Timber Creek Golf Course. Visit TimberCreekGolfCourse.com to book your tee time today. How you doing, Emil? Good. How you doing, guys? We're we're doing fine. Um, you know, just going through the long litany of uh, Cleveland Browns quarterbacks, is there any chance the Browns can score enough points this week to be competitive with the 49ers? Well, that's going to be the challenge, Whitey, honestly, is is for P.J. Walker to come in and step in on on short notice. You know, it was DTR before the bye in week four, and now it's and now it's uh, P.J. Walker, who Steve Wilkes has a lot of familiarity with, coached him last year in Carolina, and he wasn't very successful for the Carolina Panthers. He has more picks than he has touchdowns. So it's going to be an uphill battle, but I expect the Browns to kind of play time control, you know, a lot of, a lot of possession football, run heavy behind Jerome Ford, their, their backup, and Kareem Hunt as well, a familiar face there. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a very heavy round game, especially with the forecast being so rainy. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Emil, about that forecast. I think it was it's going to be 55 and rainy that day. How will that factor into uh, the Niners? Uh, could this be a Chicago kind of thing like last year uh, we saw in the opener? Well, thankfully, there's no predictions for a monsoon, so there's <laughs> we can avoid that at least. That's that's the good news. You can't get the worst weather, I, I believe. It's rain most of the week there in Cleveland, so it's going to be some wet conditions. And, and the Niners haven't really played, you know, in, in subpar conditions all year yet. It's been you know sunny in the Bay Area. It's not even that much breeze. It's been pretty nice. So now they got to go on the road and really prove it against a Browns team who is defensively very very sound. Offensively, I know they have some questions, but defensively they have the pieces in place to at least you know make the playoffs possibly. They can just keep it together offensively. Talking with Emiliano Fragoso, our insider, sackdownsports.com. To that point, Emil, Kyle Shanahan says this game in Cleveland looks like the 49ers' toughest test so far. Is that just coach speak or is he right? Well, if you look at the whole quote, Whitey, he says he thought Dallas last week was going to be their toughest <laughs> test too and then ran right through them. So, I mean, what is a tough test anymore to the 49ers, right? At, at this point, you can't pick the Niners to lose a game until you see it because they're just that talented right now. But if there was going to be a team, I, they call this, you know, the rat game, you know, a trap game, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, there's, if there's a game, it's a trap game. It is this one right here. You're without Deshaun Watson, you're starting quarterback. You're without Joel, Joel Batino, their all-star star left guard that they have. And you got your backup running back and Jerome Ford has been good, but he's not Nick Chubb. So you would think on paper as 10 and a half favorites on the road, it's going to be a cakewalk. They're going to run right through them. Not so fast. I could, <laughs> I could see it being a close game potentially, you know, late in the third, early fourth, and maybe the Niners pull away. But I think the Browns are better than people are getting them credit for. Emil, I, you're, you're dumbfounding me. Like, are you, 
really expecting me to believe what you just said. You sound like Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man. <laughs> Don't overlook these Browns. Watch out. They're going to be good. You know, this could be a tough test. All the Niners got to do is score 14 points, 17 points. Like, they could do that in their sleep. And so I don't see in any kind of fashion where this is a close game. I mean, the only way the Browns have a chance is if Brock Purdy throws two or three interceptions. Maybe there are some fumbles. They have to win the turnover game. But these are two teams in totally different leagues. Now, if Deshaun Watson was playing, if Nick Chubb was playing – I would believe what you're saying, but I, you know what? And I'm not an arrogant, confident Niners fan. That's not me. I'm objective. Yeah. There's, I just don't see a way in which Cleveland makes this one competitive. Well, Draper, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Cause before the season, I also picked the Browns to win this game. This, and this is back you know, ah. at, the, at the start of the year. I picked the Browns to win this game. And also Draper, we talked last week and you were, dumbfounded by the fact that me and Whitey were thinking it was going to be a landslide against Dallas. And guess oh. what? It was a landslide against Dallas. So do You're not pulling receipts, huh? You're pulling receipts. I'm always pulling receipts. All right, you got it. You got that one. You got that. Yeah. I mean, uh, theoretical for you. What if, um, what if there's this guy that you know, and you know, he's a pretty good guy, uh, mm-hmm. but he's one of those loudmouth Philly fans. And maybe, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> hang out with him that much, but you got to work with him. So you're around him all the time and you're hearing about Philly, Philly, Philly. What would you say to that person, he or she, because it's totally theoretical, uh, to convince them that right now the 49ers are the best team in the National Football League? Didn't the Philadelphia Eagles have to go to overtime to beat the Commanders like two weeks ago? Wasn't it's all about thing? whether you win it. See, what's the record? As we say in golf, the scorecard doesn't have pictures. The standings don't have pictures, Emil. The standings, it's all about getting uh-huh. W's. We, we yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. It's that, all about getting W's, but there's there's levels to getting W's, and the Niners proved time and time again this year there are levels to football, and they are playing at the peak level of football like I have ever seen in my life. Honestly, I have never seen a team be so like a well-oiled machine and just keep churning things out. You, you, Philadelphia mm-hmm. is very very talented. Yes, I'm never going to discredit them. And Week 13 could be the game that decides the entire NFC, the entire conference. But in my opinion, right now, as we look at it. Unless one of the Niners' big players get hurt, knock on wood, they are the better team than the Philadelphia Eagles just based off overall talent and overall team chemistry. See, what what's happening here is, you know, working with Whitey, listening to you, this is a loser mentality you have going on right now, Emil. You don't win Super Bowls in October. Sure, if you want to win, it's, it's like the presidential, presidential election. Sure, mm-hmm. you may have won the Iowa caucus, but we got 49 other states to go. We still got three months of football to go. We still yeah. got 12 games to go. Talk to me in November, December 3rd. You know, if I'm the Niners and I give the players credit, they aren't yeah. coming off as arrogant and overconfident as their fan base is. They're, They're doing it the right way. And so if you want to say, oh, we're the best team right now, go for it. Have your way. But it's October, my friend. Talk to me in January. Fans are fans. And Emil's not a fan. He's a, I'm not a, fan. He's a journalist. Yeah, he's a sports journalist. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. He's a... Draper, Draper, here's the difference. The Niners keep all of their coaches besides D'Amico Ryans. Even when they lose a guy like D'Amico Ryans, they get a guy like Steve Wilkes. Aren't, aren't the Eagles missing Shane Steichen? Didn't he go to the Colts, and aren't they kind of relevant? I think Shane Steichen was a big reason of Jalen Hurts' breakout last year, and that's kind of why I see a Peter off. I, I think they are still very, very talented, but I feel like there have been signs of weakness by the Eagles in certain spots throughout right. the year. You're there 100% right, though, Amir. There have been signs, though, but, the Niners. But it, aren't you scared just a little bit that the Eagles are playing their C-plus game, mm-hmm. and they're at the same spot the Niners are? 
Niners are it's like the Niners are playing there at their peak right now. Can this yeah. Niners team really get that much I, I, better? I'll tell you what, honestly, I wish that game, I wish it was in San Francisco. I wish it was, I when they're yeah, playing. I, them, I know. The, yeah, yeah, the Eagles, I really wish that game was in Santa Clara. I, I wish it was in the Bay Area so Draper could go to it and I could laugh in his face afterwards. I'd, I'd, I'd go wearing my Jalen Hurts jersey, that's for sure. I mean, I really think home field would make a huge difference in this game, but we'll see. As you said, long ways to go, long ways uh, to go. until then. I want to ask you, Emil, your, your opinion on something. A um, mm-hmm. lot of penalties, of course called uh, for tackles and, and yeah. uh, hits on Christian McCaffrey. And I think they're pretty clearly targeting him. Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. says, no, they're not. Kyle Shanahan says, no, they're not. And Kyle, I, I think we talked about it. And he mm-hmm. says, no, I don't know. It, you know, he's hard to bring down. I yeah. think they're pretty clearly targeting him because they can't stop him. How do you look at it? Just guys being physical. This is football. Things happen. <laughs> like, it's just, it's football. Can we get back to the days where people – laid each other out that's what football is about i don't this, i don't think we want no, that i too. think all, i think they legislated this, that out <laughs> i don't like the legislation now i miss the old days of, like i miss how brian dawkins used to play frankly uh-huh. like he used to play and rip people's heads off i miss that kind of football like that dre greenlaw play in the first quarter against tony pollard i was baffled that they wanted to call a penalty on that because the action started while on the field still you play through the whistle that's how these guys play mm-hmm that's Draymond Greenlaw, I call him, because he's always getting <laughs> the personal fouls. Uh, Emil Fragoso is uh, with us. When are the 49ers going to start getting to the quarterback? They're getting pressure, but when are yeah. they going to start piling up sacks, and does that matter? As long as they're getting pressure and as long as they're playing team football, it doesn't. As long as they keep swarming to the football, it doesn't. But I do think it's possible that – I'm not going to say it's me this week, but it could be next week against Minnesota – this week against the Browns, they still have a very good offensive line. You know, Wyatt Teller's still there. He's still got Jarek Wills on their left tackle. They have a very sound offensive line. So I expect it to be a, a, a war in the trenches because of that. So I don't know if it's going to be this game, but I do think those sacks are coming. And just like, you know, last week against Dallas, they got a lot of pressures against Dallas. As long as they're getting those pressures and forcing the quarterback to be uncomfortable, that's all you really need to do because they'll make mistakes and then you can you can get turnovers off of that. Uh, last one for me, uh, Emil. What's the injury situation? Uh, Dre Greenlaw, what's, what's the latest with him? Yeah, Dre Greenlaw is questionable going into week six with a hamstring injury. He was not present Thursday at practice, nor Wednesday, nor Friday. And it was interesting, actually, because they listed him as a resting player on Wednesday. Wednesday, They usually do that for Trent Williams or you know George Kittle, guys that have put on a lot of wear on their bodies. Well, Dre Greenlaw is 26, so we were kind of curious why he was a resting player. We thought, well, maybe he's got a lingering ankle injury you know who knows what it was no it's a hamstring injury now so this is a new injury mm. so yes you can maybe play through it the fact that he's listed as questionable is a good sign because he didn't practice at all this week but if they sat him out this week it wouldn't be the biggest surprise because it's about playing for the playoffs right this team is playing for not the regular season they're playing for the playoffs and frankly they got a guy in Oren burks and their sub linebacker package who got his first career pick last game you know he's a very talented linebacker as well that needs to get some reps Emil Fragoso brought to you by Timber Creek Golf Course. Visit TimberCreekGolfCourse.com to book your tee time today. Emil, before we let you go, time for Emil's Card Corner. What do you have for us today? Yep, got a card for you guys. This is my one and only Paulo Bancaro. It's a 49 purple on-card medal. Um, mm. On-card as well. These are these are cool cards because they're metal. They're not paper or cardboard or anything. They're metal cards, so like they're hardcover. So wow. that's what it looks like like that. So on card signing, they don't grade as well because, you know, scratches or whatnot, but right. they're beautiful cards. And this is the purple variation of Paulo Bancaro. And he had that big 
that big dunk earlier this week. So big Paulo fan I am. I will give you, I know I usually offer you $5. I'll give you $11 for that. <laughs> no, I might have to take it, Wally. I might have to take it. It's a good offer. <laughs> Thanks, Emil. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, we will be right back after a quick timeout. By the way, Jerry Reynolds joins us bottom of the hour. When we come back, NBA.com says this king must make a huge leap this season. Do they have the right guy? We'll find out when we come back. Drive guys, sack down sports. Jerry Reynolds, speaking of Kings basketball, he's going to join us bottom of the hour. All-time Kings icon sharing his thoughts on the Kings preseason so far. And, of course, Kyle Draper has the call, NBC Sports Uh, California Sunday night for the Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Kyle, we've talked a lot this week about this poll and that poll. And um, maybe, maybe we've overreacted a little bit. I know you and I were both a little miffed at some of the um, general managers survey, NBA.com. Some people have actually looked at that. I think, um, is it uh, Kings Herald? They looked at it and said, you know, the Kings got a little bit of love there. So maybe we've been a little overly sensitive, Mm -hmm. but I saw this today, Steve Ashburner, uh, NBA.com. They, NBA.com has for every team in the NBA uh, one player that has to make a leap this year, one player that every team needs to make uh, a leap forward this year. The guy for the Kings, according to Steve Ashburner, is Keegan Murray. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree because De'Aaron Fox isn't going to make that big of a leap. Like he's already at an elite level. Sabonis already at an elite level. Is Kevin Herter all of a sudden going to turn into a 22-point game scorer? No. The guy with the biggest room to jump is Keegan Murray, and the guy who is the X factor for this season is Keegan Murray. What Keegan Murray gives this Sacramento Kings team is length, a guy that can shoot, and hopefully a guy that can create off the dribble as well. And so I've said it time and time again, and, and, and Sacramento Kings fans, I'm sure you Keegan has the potential – to go from 12 points per game to 18 and 19 points per game. If that doesn't happen, I will be disappointed because I expect big things from my guy. Watching him at practice, you could tell that the team is looking for him. Uh, They want him to be aggressive offensively. We saw it in the preseason. We saw it in the California Classic as well. And so Steve Ashburner, a a tremendous writer for NBA.com, longtime writer. I agree 100% with him. To me, Keegan Murray takes this team from a getting into the playoffs first round team to a team that can go deep conference finals team. When I watch the Kings and watch other teams around the NBA, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, and and Keegan addresses this, but I, I sometimes feel like other teams have more athletic uh, long wings than the Kings do. I and, and Keegan certainly can address that issue if there is an issue, but I just feel like other teams have some of these guys – uh, coming out of their ears, and the Kings are have a, a, they just don't have as many of those guys. Well, I, I agree with you. And when you look at like Boston, for instance, they're so difficult to play against, not because of how great Tatum and Jalen, but they got length at every position. Mm-hmm. Like they shrink the floor with their length. And so I think, you know, when you look at the NBA, that's sort of the trend. That's like the copycat thing. You look at Milwaukee with that front line of Lopez, Giannis, and you throw in Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, his uh, length, uh, you know, his arm reach is tremendous as well. And Orlando, OKC, like they got long defenders 
out there. And Their so, point guard's what, 6'8"? Yeah, Giddy? exactly. Giddy, you know, 6'8". Franz Wagner in Orlando, you know, he's what, 6'7", I think. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's the way the NBA is going. You know, Monty hasn't, uh, you know, decided to go that route. But I will say, those guys just don't grow on trees Yeah, either. you can't just you know, get a guy. You can't just oh, get all six, eight, right. bring him in. Exactly, because when you look at some of the players he's at, have, had brought in, uh, Casey Akpala, uh, you know, uh, Kessler uh, Edwards, uh, you know, guys like that. They're long, tall defenders, uh, you know, but, you know, they haven't turned into the complete package just yet. And so I think Monty and Wes uh, Wilcox, they're looking for that kind of player, but it's hard to, uh, and I think that's why Keegan is so valuable to this team because he has the length, he has the reach, he has the ability offensively. You know, let's see what he does defensively as well this season. That's why, again, I know I mentioned this to you last time we talked about the Kings. I'm intrigued, maybe not for this year, but perhaps later this year or next year, uh, Colby Jones with his length and his ability to play a little bit of guard at 6'6". I I like that. That's a very intriguing Mm -hmm. possibility. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, I I was watching him today at practice, and he moves well. He gives them some defensive length uh, that you were talking about. Like, this is a guy who can be a difference maker, I think, defensively, especially on this team. Like, if you're Mike Brown – you're looking for guys who will answer the call defensively. And if I'm Kobe Jones, I'm listening to this, I'm saying the way for me to get on the floor is getting after it defensively. Mm-hmm. So that would suggest that Chris Duarte is going to have some real opportunities here if yeah. he can play as well defensively as Monty expects. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on, on Sunday. I, I think he's going to get some big minutes, uh, maybe even be paired with the starting unit at times out yeah, there on the floor. we haven't seen him and Sabonis. Much, right, we haven't we? seen him uh, that much. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Hopefully we'll see that Sunday. But I said it the other day, man. The, the opportunities are there for Duarte, for Sasha, for, you know, Kobe. Like, who have, like they have an issue when it comes to depth at that wing position, yes, you know? Yes. It's, you know, we got Malik Monk, but who's backing up Harrison Barnes? Who's backing up Keegan Murray? I think, you know, you got Trey Lyles, obviously, but I think there's room for other guys, you know, like a Chris Duarte to get minutes there. Maybe that's one of the reasons they really haven't looked great so far is just... We haven't seen Keegan yet. I mean, right. We only saw him. Yeah. He's going to make right. all the right. difference, but right. yeah, I, I would imagine too, if I'm Mike Brown and I know you got three uh, preseason games left, one of these games, the starter is going to have to play extended minutes. I know I'm not talking about 35, 40 minutes, but I would like to get an extended look uh, at that starting unit and, and give them some more opportunity to get, uh, you know, flowing a little bit. Keegan didn't play in game two. In game uh, two yeah. yeah. I want to see, you know, is he going to be aggressive with Fox on the floor with Sabonis? And you liked his aggressiveness in that first game. Yeah, in the first game, right from the jump. He took it to the bu- uh, bucket, you know, and, and threw down the dunk. He came off the screen, you know, off the dribble handoff with Sabonis and didn't just, you know, come off and shoot. He actually put it on the deck and shoot. And so I'm telling you, if I'm Keegan, I need 15 shots a game from young Keegan Murray this season. Are you going to be out there yelling? Are you going to get down from your broadcast booth, be yelling at the sideline if he's not getting his shots? Nah, I'll, hey, Keegan! I'll pull him to the side or something like that after the game. I'm like, young fella, what are you doing out there, man? You can't blend. Keegan Murray cannot blend in for this team. He can't just, to quote Steve Smith, be a jag, just another guy. He has to be a guy, the guy, one uh-huh. of the guys for this Kings team. And he looks like he's ready for it, and it should comfort you to know. Chris Watkins and I, when we were doing during the summer, our 
Bold Kings predictions, and you know those so far. I think we've even got some of them right so far. They're going to be like 95% accurate. <laughs> have Keegan <laughs> averaging 20 a game this year. So 20, ew, that's a lot, but I'm not that far off. I said 18, 19. I think I laughed at you when you said that earlier, uh, but I was just being difficult. You know, I was just being that guy, you know. <laughs> I mean, that would be quite a jump, but yeah. he's capable, and he's they cap- need him right. to be that guy. You know, because as great as Sabonis is, He's not going to turn into a 30-point-per-game score or 25. He is what he, he's going to get you, 19, 20 points, 12, 13 rebounds, 7 assists or so, and that's fantastic. That's great. That's what you need. But I also would like to see De'Aaron Fox get his 25. Why can't Keegan get 20, like you said? Yeah. There's enough to go around. This is an equal opportunity offense. Mm-hmm. We have from Manny Too Legit on the chat. We're going to hear some Keegan chants on Sunday can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. And, and I will tell you, at practice, you know, some of the players, you know, they do it too to Keegan Murray when he shoots <laughs> Keegan. Then the other players will say Murray. So they're all in on that also. By the way, make sure you check out the NorCal Sportsman Show, October 14th and 15th at the grounds in Roseville. We're going to head out to the Roseville area when we come back and check in with all-time Kings icon, the great Jerry Reynolds, with his views on the preseason so far. Jerry Reynolds joins us next, Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports. What a Sunday it's going to be, 49er football and Kings basketball. It's been too long since we've talked to our next guest. By the way, all guests Come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, welcoming back all-time Kings uh, icon, former coach, GM, great broadcaster, Jerry Reynolds. How are you today, Jerry? Happy Friday. Well, happy Friday to you, too. You know, I I really enjoyed your take on the uh, football situation around the league, and I guess the the Chiefs don't count anymore. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) He's a Chiefs fan. (laughs) Yeah, Chiefs fan. Please. I'm yeah, an Eagles know, but, guy, Jerry. I'm an Eagles I, guy. You know, I'm still know in my feelings about that Super Bowl. Heart, <laughs> and, and, and Whitey's the Niners, and, and I get that. And and as you pointed out, Kyle, very wisely, I might add, that uh, uh, there's a lot of football to be played. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that quarterback that, uh, that it has, is employed by the Chiefs has a way of uh, kind of getting better when he needs to. You, you know what it is, Jerry? The Niners are like the NBA in-season tournament champions. You know, oh if there was an boy. NFL in-season oh tournament, boy. the Niners could have it. That's that's what they would be right now. But the games in January and February matter right just a little bit too. more. All right, you like that, that one? Too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and kind of who's healthy. That's right. on the other side. That's why I don't get too excited about anything and uh, even any sport the first month or two yeah well jerry we know that it's uh, silly to get too excited about the preseason especially that said is it fair i feel like it would be nice if the kings had been at least a little more competitive defensively in these first two games if they just had looked like they were giving a little more effort is is that fair yeah it's reasonably fair i mean because mainly the you know this team's going to score and can uh, be as good as anybody in the league, if not the best. So you're hoping for an improved defense. Uh, truthfully, you haven't seen that yet. Uh, but you don't really need to see it yet. You would like to. And I know Coach Brown is, you know, it's not like he hadn't noticed the same things. So, uh, you know, if they can just improve, uh, find out a way to get a little, two or three points better on defense obviously they're they could be a contender 
Jerry, when, when you know Mike Brown going into his second year here, uh, tremendous first season. Obviously, we we know the numbers. Uh, it was a love affair pretty much from the get go. But now he's into his second season. When does the honeymoon phase wear off, and how difficult is it as a coach? to, you know, keep guys buying in and motivated. Can you use the same speech as you used a year ago, or do you got to come up with new material? And how long was your honeymoon period as a yeah. coach? I, uh, I think it lasted about 24 hours. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think with, with Coach Brown, I mean, I think he is – He's just got such a great personality, and and I think the honeymoon is going to last longer for him than just about anybody. But we all know that it's it's W's and L's. I mean, you you know that's what the league is, and 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 the negative for Coach Brown, he did such a marvelous job. I don't know that I've seen a coach have a better year. You know, in all my years of watching and being involved in basketball, than he did. But now the, of course, that brings its own level of expectations. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you got forty-eight now. Now, what are you going to do for me this year? And uh, and I've looked around the West, and uh, boy, if a bunch of teams stay healthy, it it uh, it could really be rough. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this though, Jer. Um, in your opinion. And you're absolutely right about the West. Which team, though, do you think by the mainstream media is most overrated right now in the West? The Warriors, the Clippers, or the Suns? Well, that's a great question. I I think I still think it might be the Suns because you, you're really counting on something from two guys of Beal and and Durant that just haven't been healthy for several years mm-hmm. to where they missed a lot of games and. Uh, and so, of course, having said that, of course, the, the ultimate guys missing games were the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, I think the Clippers, if they're healthy, might very well be the best. I, you know, I think the Warriors will find a way to be very good, but I don't see them as a contender personally. Jerry, when you look at, at the way the Kings are, and we've talked a little bit about the defense, we know Mike Brown is preaching defense, defense, defense all the time with this team, but we haven't seen the results yet. Uh, as a coach, what buttons can you push? Uh, do you just keep at it? Do you just keep trying to, you know, uh, drill it into the guys? Well, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, I don't have a good answer, but I, I do think that uh, if you're really going to demand defense, probably the only thing a coach can do is instead of subbing based on offense, sub on defense a little bit. You know, I mean, you, at some point you kind of got to jerk somebody's chain a little bit, and uh, even if it's a Sabonis or a Fox or whoever, uh, just a kind of reminder that, yeah, we know you're you're really really good and everything else, but we'd kind of like for you to guard somebody. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yeah, uh, Jerry Reynolds is with us, of course. In in what ways, Jerry, do you think Fox and Sabonis, and as good as they were last year, you know, tremendous seasons. Are there ways that either one could be even better this year, uh, realistically? I'm not sure Sabonis can. I, I listened to Kyle a while ago, and I, I agree. I, I mean, I think he's who he is, and there's not a darn thing wrong with that. Right. Uh, you know, I think he's a 19-point guy on 12 shots and, uh, you know, seven assists and 12 rebounds. I mean, my goodness, that's, uh, that's big-time stuff. Uh, I think Fox can get a little better with his three-point shot. Uh, I think he can get a little better as a playmaker because he 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 just breaks down defenses so easy that I think he he 
you know, the more confidence you get, I think he'll find guys a little better. Not that he's bad, but I think he could even get better there. But uh, and then, and he is capable of being an outstanding defender. I think we see it, you know, at times, uh, and it, it kind of needs to get a little more consistent. You know, we don't expect to be Davion, but his length and quickness, uh, I think, can could really be a, a step up for the team. On with the legend himself, the icon, Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, who's the one guy you're looking forward to uh, making a, a big impact for the Kings this season? Talk to Sabonis Fox. Who, who's that guy that, that takes us from a good team to, you know what, we can be a serious contender? Egan Murray. Murray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I just thought in the California Classic, he was just terrific. And showed, you know, it. I understand what summer league is, but he he was doing some things, you know, that he hadn't done all year, and uh, you know, getting to the basket, making plays off the dribble, things like that. And I mean, I think, you know, he is such a good, nice young man. He wants to blend in. There's not a selfish bone in his body, but uh, he needs to develop a selfish bone in his body. <laughs> Well, is that kind of like, uh, would Eddie Johnson maybe be a model in that sense? I mean, Eddie was a team player, but he knew uh, if there was a tough shot that, that you guys needed, he wanted to be the one to take it, right? Yeah, you know, there is, a, you know, I think he could be. I think he's a better athlete than Eddie was, you know, and he has a chance to be a better uh, defender. And, I, I mean, I do think he's got potential to be better than Eddie, and Eddie was terrific, as you know. I mean, he'd get, you know, he could get 18 every night on anybody. Uh, so, so the, yeah, there's there's definitely reason to believe that Keegan could take that next step and be the, you know, anywhere from 16 to 20 point scorer and that you could really count on, and another guy down the stretch, you know, because he can make threes and he's such a, a threat spacing wise that it opens up things, helps everybody else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm well, I'm I'm enthused. I'm a fan and and. I like this team. They're a fun team, and, and Keegan Murray is uh, it's one of my favorites for sure. Jerry, you know, obviously it was a good season last year, 48 wins, playoffs. And You listen to Mike Brown. He wants the expectations to be high for this team. I'm talking, you know, championship level. Uh, when you look at this season, what constitutes a success in your opinion? What do coaches uh, measure success by? Is it just W's and L's? Is it how far you go into the postseason? No, I, I do think it's, it really is more to do, are we a better team? And that may not necessarily be more wins. Uh, you know, the opposition has something to say about that. Uh, but I think having said that, I think, you know, Mike Brown has made clear, he's he talking about building for a championship, and that and that's what he should say. I mean, I heard people criticize that, and I said, well, what should he say? Boy, I hope we can win 15, 18 games this year. <laughs> you know, I mean, so no, he's he's doing everything right. I mean, for the way I would see the team, I'm a little, I'm not quite as optimistic. I wish I was, but in my mind, if the team, you know, makes a playoffs and could win, a, win the first round, that's a tremendous improvement. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a, you know, ask Denver. You know, they didn't get to be champions in last year, just from last year. Right. There's a building process, and of course. So I, I think in most cases, unless you're going to uh, get some free agents, 
you know, all the best free agents in the league, you're, you're probably going to, especially a small market team, you've probably got to build, build uh, their way up. And I think, you know, and I think the Kings are on that track. I think they got a great coach and great general manager. So, you know, why not? Well, we appreciate it, Jer. Before we let you go, I got to ask you, because I was walking my dog a couple of days ago and there were a lot of turkeys in the area. And I know being by your house, you've had in the past, Mrs. Reynolds has the foil and the, the shiny things up because you guys have been at times besieged by turkeys. What is the current state of the battle between the Reynolds and the turkeys? <laughs> You know, I think we've won it. Wow. Uh, I think oh, we've won it. Mission uh, accomplished. Victorious. Well, I don't know if we get in trouble, but she bought a, a water gun to spray on them. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, but you can't, you can't get, let a, have old people get in trouble for that, can you? You're just uh, discouraging but, them from hanging around. That's, well, that's yeah. all we're doing. We're just saying we don't mind you going in the neighbor's yard. Just get out of ours. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so if if you got to do that. So so anyway, Miss Reynolds is, uh, you know, I, I don't question her. She's in charge. <laughs> and she, so, you know, I didn't like the turkeys anyway. But, you know, in Roseville and good part of Sacramento, I mean, they're taking over. Yeah. You got to be careful what you say to her when she's got that water gun in her hand, don't you? I, I have. <laughs> it's like talking to Reggie Theus when he's out there hunting pheasant with the bow and arrow, All right. right? Yeah, well, I'm more scared of Mrs. Reynolds than I ever was Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend. We'll talk uh, to you soon. Have a good weekend, you guys, and uh, go Chiefs. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Had to get that in there. Yeah, I had did. to get it in there. Yeah. The legend, Jerry Reynolds. Uh -huh. Good when we, stuff. Yeah. When we come right back, Kings Warriors Sunday. Who needs to play well for Sacramento? That's next. Drive guys. Big weekend coming. Make this part of your weekend. NorCal Sportsman Show, October 14th, 15th at the grounds in Roseville. Thanks to Jerry Reynolds for joining us. Thank you for being with us. And we, uh, of course, have the Kings and the Warriors Sunday night. Kyle Draper with the call. Yeah. That's an honor, huh? It is an honor. Uh, first preseason game at home. Uh, crowd to be lit, yes. amped up. Yes. You know, um, so make sure you check it out. NBC Sports California or our boy G-Man here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So who needs to play well? Who needs to play well for the Kings in this? Even yeah, It's a preseason game, but who needs to play well? Let me ask you this before I answer. I have a name in mind. Who but... needs to play well for their own cause or for the Kings to be an improved team, like a good team? Like I'm thinking more to improve your your, your standing. standing. Yeah. yeah. Get, earn more minutes, get rotation. Right, because obviously, like, Sabonis, he's probably going to have a good game. He right, he to. doesn't need to. Yeah, but to me, uh, Kevin Herter probably needs to have a good yeah. game. I, I agree with you, I, you know. Herter's probably at the top of that list. Uh, you know, the thing is, you could argue no starting position outside of, of Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan is set for the all the entire season. Uh -huh. You know, you could argue, you know, HB at some point might be moved to the bench. I don't know. You could argue, you know, Kevin Herter might be moved to the bench. And so, yeah, I agree. Kevin Herter needs to have a good game just for, and, and I said this the other day, his own confidence, you know, to get back to being who he is. You know, he had a, a rough series against the Warriors. First two playoff game, uh, preseason games haven't been good. And Kevin Herter is the guy that really opens up a lot for the Sacramento uh, offense. You know, Kevin Durant talked about Kevin Herter's three-point shooting. There was a reason why the Kings, uh, you know, were on fire, you know, when during that seven-game win streak in the start of the season. 
Kevin Herter was playing lights out. His shooting is something that, you know, him, Malik, and Keegan, and now Sasha, uh, you know, bring. I would say for me, I think Sasha needs to play well. I want to see more from Sasha uh, in this game. And I'm not talking go out there and score, you know, 14, 15 points. I want to see a, a both ends kind of game for Sasha. Not uh, any defensive mistakes or errors or liabilities. You know, come up with a couple of steals, you know. Uh, maybe even be a playmaker, too, uh, on the offensive end. Doesn't always have to be a three-point shot. So I, I think Sasha needs to play well because we talked the other day. I think him and Chris Duarte are battling for some minutes. Like yeah. and Mike Brown's trying to decide, all right, Who's going to be in my rotation to start the season? And I think Chris Duarte and Sasha is up for grabs right now. As you said, you've got four starters who basically can do what they want during the preseason mm-hmm. for the most part. Sasha can't think. I have no reason to believe that he does think this, but he can't come over thinking, yeah, I'm I'm good too. Right. Because they right. spend all that money. He can't afford to think that way. He's not one of those guys that can just glide through the preseason. Yeah, and, and I don't think, you know, from watching him at practice today uh, – I, I don't get that from him. He doesn't carry himself. Yeah, I don't mean to uh, accuse yeah, him of right, anything, right. but he clearly can't right. think that way. Yeah, but yeah, he can't be, you know, what happened overseas in Greece and EuroLeague? That's in the past, Sasha. This is a different game, and I think it's going to take some time, some adjustment for him. And so I, I think Sasha has to have a big one. I, I agree with you, Kevin Herter. Um, who the, else? The thing to me, Kyle, yeah. about Kevin Herter, yeah. and we know he hasn't shot well, but he's going to shoot the ball well. And he shot 40% last year. So not shooting well is kind of like, eh, yeah. you're not comfortable with that. But that's probably going to come around. But he just really struggled. Uh, he had no chance of keeping up with D'Angelo Russell in the last game. And he just did not play well enough defensively. To me, this team, that's such an issue for them that he can't play that poorly defensively preseason or not. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I would imagine that's something – Mike Brown, you know, is stressing to him. We need you to be a two-way guy. We need you to be engaged defensively. And, you know, what's interesting about Kevin Herter defensively, uh, in that Warriors series, the metrics for him, he tracked pretty well. You know, there's yeah. a reason, like, it, it, the metrics, you know, the analytics for Kevin Herter defensively were pretty good. That's why we saw a lot of him uh, in Game 7, I believe. And so... You know, they feel he's capable. We just haven't seen it yet this preseason. Yeah, maybe that was just a poor matchup for him. As you say, Duarte, I mean, we touched on that. Just because, not because, wow, you better get it going, but you have an opportunity. Right, he has an opportunity. And, you know, one thing I like about Duarte, and, you know, I wasn't sure what kind of player he was, what kind of guy, but he's quiet and he goes about his business. And so I think, you know, when we talk about players who can make a leap, make a jump, I think Chris Duarte is a guy that, you know, come January, February, March, will be infinitely better than what he is right now. New system, missed a lot of time last season, new teammates and everything. And so I think he's still feeling out his comfort level with these guys. And so I think he has a tremendous upside for this team. The thing I love about that acquisition if I may mix sports a little bit, it reminds me of something the Moneyball A's would have done. Because Duarte, when he was a rookie, um, there was a chance he was going to be selected very high. Yes. Uh, there were teams like the Warriors had, what, seventh pick? That was the Kuminga draft, right? Yeah, the yeah. Warriors, it was, there was a yeah. chance that 
Duarte was going to go that high. He didn't. But my point is, this is a guy who just a couple of years ago was one of the top young prospects in the NBA, went to Indiana, started out really well there, got hurt, got hurt again the next year. So this is a guy with tremendous potential here who you could get without giving up much to get him. Yeah. And that's it, just a really, mm-hmm. um, really shrewd acquisition. Yeah, in his rookie year, he averaged 13 points, a couple of assists, four rebounds. But more importantly, he shot 37% from three. Uh, his rookie year, played 55 games. Last year, only played 46, started 12. His rookie year, he started 39. So his role got diminished last season with the Pacers, adding the injuries, and that's why I, I think you see the efficiency go down. I mean, when you look at his shooting numbers, last season he was just 31.6% from three-point range, 369 from the field. Everything went down for him last year, and I think – the arrival of Tyrese, Buddy Hill, the changes, and the injuries sort of set him back a little bit. Uh, we're going to take time out here when we come back. Kyle, I know that you were kind of giving Emil a hard time about the notion that this could be a game Sunday between the 49ers yeah. and Browns. I have a sobering number that you need to keep in mind uh, before you assume this is an easy 49er <laughs> victory. That's next year. Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports.